Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Saturday, bright and sunny, everybody sleeping in late. I was thinking about cutting down scenarios and making them a little more appropriate for a lower level party or a party that is not up to full speed. Say, you have, like, my grandsons in there, they want to play Astonishing Swordsman, and they just drew up some second-level characters. Well, oh, let's just say they drew up first-level characters, and I have nothing for them. I have the intro scenario in the book, but everything else for that, everything else for that game, all the modules start at, like, second-level. Now, that's not a big deal, and that's why I'm going to talk about cutting it down, because I don't see why you can't take a second-level scenario and make it a first-level, just by a little judicious editing. Or See, I'm not going to take their freshly minted first- and second-level characters and throw them in a scenario for four to six levels. I'm just not going to do that. Now, you know, this rubs up against encounter balance, but I'll get to that in a minute, because... That's not what I'm talking about. So, here is how I would do it. I wrote some notes down. Now, how I would cut the scenario. Say this isn't something I wrote. Say I don't have anything that I've written, but say I have a scenario in front of me that is higher than the levels that my grandsons want to run in. And also, this goes for the fact that there's only two of them, and the scenarios say something like, for a party of four to six, second, second to fourth level characters, well, they're undermanned already. So it goes kind of like this. First thing you do is you can hook them up with some NPCs, NPC characters, NPC henchmen, things like that, servants, assistants, whatever. That's one way to fill out a party. Now, the scenario itself, I would cut it by a third. When, so when you have an encounter, say the module says eight goblins, make it six, five even. Also, you don't have to play the monsters at their peak abilities. Maybe maybe that ogre they're going to have to fight has a cold. Or maybe they run into some bugbears where one of them has a broken arm in a sling. Things like that. Take them at minuses. Also, if you're in the dungeon, while you're in the dungeon... There's things like triggered traps and broken traps. Now, I like to use those, even if the party is lower, even if the party is, is where it's supposed to be, because those are great foreshadowing. And I like foreshadowing. It's a lot of fun. If you come across a, say, a triggered trap and their skeletons, they look like they were adventurers. Their clothes, their backpacks and stuff are still there. But their skeletons, that kind of gives the player's a warning sign right there. Things ain't going to be easy. 
And I would also cut the traps by a third. But like I said, if I would cut the traps, either I would make them broken or, or already triggered and haven't been reset. Because that's, to me, that's kind of fun to watch the reactions. And what else? The dungeon itself. Cut down the rooms. You can cut down the rooms in a dungeon. I used to do that anyway. If I had, if I needed them, if I written something myself and I need a map of a dungeon, the first thing I do is hit the internet and look at what I can find. Dyson's stuff is good for that. Dyson's dodecahedron, Dyson logos, or his Patreon which I urge you to do. I cut down the rooms by a third. I just take his map, print it out, and then just take a pen to it and just cross out rooms, things like that, and just get to what I want. I'm not a big fan of mega dungeons, but they are handy to keep around just for this purpose. You can make a nice little dungeon out of a section of a mega dungeon, and that's worth thinking about. So I would take it and I just, you know, put, take the pen to it and go, okay, I don't need that, that, that. Also, make a list in, in the scenario, what's in the scenario, or if it's your own, make a list of the rooms you need. What you do is you put down the title of the dungeon, what the dungeon's function is or was, because there are certain things that you're going to need in a dungeon that was a garrison for troops, Versus, say, a dungeon that was an alchemical lab for a mad wizard. There's a difference. So what you would do is list the rooms that are on the map. And then take your dungeon and edit accordingly. You can still cut down a third of the rooms in a published dungeon or dungeon map. Just figure out what is vital. What do you need? No problem. Also, I like to do stuff like, I'll take a piece of graph paper. I'll take some dice, usually D4s. This is about a half a dozen D4s. And throw them on the grid. See where they fall. And then put the rooms where they fall. If I want five rooms in a dungeon, I throw five D4. If I want eight rooms in a dungeon, I throw eight D4. Things like that. That's, so, that's kind of like in the spirit of Zach Smith's Vornheim. I think he said something like that on there. I just, I interpreted it my way. So so I would do the dungeon that way. And then I would have a random dungeon, whether it was a cave complex or actually carved out or whatever. So I would have something to work with. And I would do my list of rooms too. In that, in that case, if I was doing my own, I would list the rooms that I need in my scenario. Now I'm kind of bouncing back and forth here between stuff you wrote in a published module, but... I think a lot of this stuff applies to both. So I would throw the dice down and just, okay, here's a room. You can even use the dice. If you if you use a different, say you use a D6 instead of a D4, you'd throw that down and look on the top of the die. Top of the die will tell you how big the room is or something like that. How many walls? I don't know. I usually use D4 because there's four walls in a room. And it, it sounds kind of weird, I know, but... But you can use the, that's how you can do these dice. And it's very, very handy. I love, I love little shortcuts like that, especially if you're like in a time crunch, say they want to play in an hour. Just throw some dice down. There's the dungeon. Link them up. You can even, I've even done this. I've taken a blank piece of paper, throw some D60s down, and then just put circles around the dice and link them up like a flow chart. And there's my dungeon. And I can make 
little notes next to the circles I drew, or inside the circles, to give a little more idea of what's going on in that room. That's also where your list of rooms comes in handy, right there. And then I would just ad lib it on a battle mat or something like that. Okay, that's 40 by 60. I draw this there. Okay, that's there. And this is what's in the room. You know, and just bullet bullet chart it. it what's in the room? Boom, 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 boom. And there it is. There's your dungeon. And it's cut down. It's all ready for the players. So that gives you a little leg up there. And, you know, you just got to, and during the game, you just got to judge the flow of the game, too, because you can change things in the middle of it. You can change things in the middle of an encounter. You can, you know, if it's going too bad for the characters, you might want to ease up a little. If it's going too easy for them, toughen it up a little. I'm still of the opinion of the old-fashioned, if it's too dangerous, run away, which players always should learn. And so I would not hesitate to put, say, a young adult dragon in a dungeon or if i just want to teach him a lesson or i just want to stress the fact they should run away put an old ancient i mean beyond ancient dragon in there who can't do much because he's so big and he's so tired and i mean he's yes he's very very formidable if you really bother him but he's not really going to do much of anything but you want to roll those dice and go in that room so i'm i'm not above putting things having them fight above something that they'd have to fight above their weight. Let me put it that way. So that's the kind of thing I would do. So that's my ideas of cutting down a dungeon and a little bit of dungeon planning there, map planning. So it's time for me to go get some breakfast and start my day. So I hope you people have a great day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Keep the